Today is day six of our daily Bible reading. If you've made it this far, then I suppose you've gotten used to the sound of my voice. I know I don't have the voice for radio, but it's the thought that counts. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time to study your word and to relax and to just soak in your presence today. And we thank you for giving us the time to do this and the desire in our hearts to complete this journey. Please strengthen us today and give us wisdom in all things. In your Son's name I pray. Amen. Today's reading will be Genesis chapter 26 through 30. Now there was a famine in the land, besides the previous famine that had occurred in the days of Abraham. So Isaac went to Gerar, to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. The Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Stay in the land of which I shall tell you. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and to your descendants I will give all these lands, and I will establish the oath which I swore to your father Abraham. I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven, and will give your descendants all these lands. And by your descendants all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed me, and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So Isaac lived in Gerar. When the men of the place asked about his wife, he said, She is my sister. For he was afraid to say, My wife, thinking, The men of this place might kill me on account of Rebekah, for she is beautiful. It came about, when he had been there a long time, that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out through a window and saw, and behold, Isaac was caressing his wife Rebekah. Then Abimelech called Isaac and said, Behold, certainly she is your wife. How then did you say she is my sister? And Isaac said to him, Because I said I might die on account of her. Abimelech said, What is this you have done to us? One of the people may easily have lain with your wife, and you would have brought guilt upon us. So Abimelech charged all the people, saying, he who touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Now Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him, and the man became rich and continued to go richer until he became very wealthy. For he had possessions of flocks and herds and a great household so that the Philistines envied him. Now all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines stopped up by filling them with earth. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are too powerful for us. And Isaac departed from there and camped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. Then Isaac dug again the wells of water 
which had been dug in the days of his father Abraham, for the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham, and he gave them the same names which his father had given them. But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of flowing water, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with the herdsmen of Isaac, saying, The water is ours. So he named the well Esek, because they contended with him. Then they dug another well, and they quarreled over it too. So he named it Sitna. He moved away from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. So he named it Rehoboth. For he said, At last the Lord has made room for us, and we will be fruitful in the land. Then he went up from there to Beersheba. The Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for the sake of my servant, Abraham. So he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants dug a well. Then Abimelech came to him from Gerar with his advisor Ahuzah and Phicol, the commander of his army. Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me, since you hate me and have sent me away from you? They said, We see plainly that the Lord has been with you. So we said, let there now be an oath between us, even between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you, that you will do us no harm, just as we have not touched you, and have done to you nothing but good, and have sent you away in peace. You are now the blessed of the Lord. Then he made them a feast, and they ate and drank. In the morning they arose early and exchanged oaths. Then Isaac sent them away, and they departed from him in peace. Now it came about on the same day that Isaac's servants came in and told him about the well which they had dug, and said to him, We have found water. So he called it Sheba. Therefore the name of the city is Beersheba to this day. When Esau was forty years old, he married Judith, the daughter of Beeri the Hittite, and Basemuth, the daughter of Elon the Hittite, and they brought grief to Isaac and Rebekah. Now it came about when Isaac was old, and his eyes were too dim to see, that he called his older son Esau, and said to him, My son. And he said to him, Here I am. Isaac said, Behold now, I am old, and I do not know the day of my death. Now then, please take your gear, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me, and prepare a savory dish for me, such as I love, and bring it to me that I may eat it, so that my soul may bless you before I die. Rebekah was listening while Isaac spoke to his son Esau. 
So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game to bring home, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, Behold, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau, saying, Bring me some game, and prepare a savory dish for me, that I may eat, and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, listen to me as I command you. Go now to the flock, and bring me two choice young goats from there, that I may prepare them as a savory dish for your father, such as he loves. Then you shall bring it to your father, that he may eat, so that he may bless you before his death. Jacob answered his mother Rebekah, Behold, Esau my brother is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me. Then I will be a deceiver in his sight, and I will bring upon myself a curse and not a blessing. But his mother said to him, Your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go. Get them for me. So he went and got them, and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her elder son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the young goats on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. She also gave the savory food and the bread, which she had made, to her son Jacob. Then he came to his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Get up, please, sit, and eat of my game that you may bless me. Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord your God caused it to happen to me. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come close, that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob came closer to Isaac his father, and he felt him, and said, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him, because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. And he said, Are you really my son Esau? And he said, I am. So he said, Bring it to me, and I will eat of my son's game that I may bless you. And he brought it to him, and he ate. He also brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Please come close and kiss me, my son. So he came close and kissed him. When he smelled the smell of his garments, he blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Now may God give you of the dew of heaven, and of the fatness of the earth, and an abundance of wine and grain. May peoples serve you, and nations bow down to you. 
Be master of your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Curse those who curse you, and blessed be those who bless you. Now it came about, as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had hardly gone out from the presence of Isaac his father, that Esau his brother came in from his hunting. Then he also made savory food and brought it to his father, and he said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that you may bless me. Isaac his father said to him, Who are you? And he said, I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. Then Isaac trembled violently and said, Who was he then that hunted game and brought it to me, so that I ate of all of it before you came and blessed him? Yes, and he shall be blessed. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry. And he said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. And he said, Your brother came deceitfully and has taken away your blessing. Then he said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. And he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? But Isaac replied to Esau, Behold, I have made him your master, and all his relatives I have given to him as servants. And with grain and new wine I have sustained him. Now as for you then, what can I do, my son? Esau said to his father, Do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. So Esau lifted his voice and wept. Then Isaac his father answered and said to him, Behold, away from the fertility of the earth shall be your dwelling, and away from the dew of heaven from above. By your sword you will live, and your brother you shall serve. But it shall come about, when you become restless, that you will break his yoke from your neck. So Esau bore a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. Now when the words of her elder son Esau were reported to Rebekah, she sent and called her younger son Jacob and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau is consoling himself concerning you by planning to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice and arise. Flee to Haran, to my brother Laban. Stay with him a few days, until your brother's fury subsides, until your brother's anger against you subsides, and he forgets what you did to him. Then I will send and get you from there. 
Why should I be bereaved of you both in one day? Rebekah said to Isaac, I am tired of living because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob takes a wife from the daughters of Heth, like these, from the daughters of the land, what good will my life be to me? So Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said to him, You shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Padan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father. And from there, take to yourself a wife from the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may become a company of peoples. May he also give you the blessing of Abraham, to you and to your descendants with you, that you may possess the land of your sojournings, which God gave to Abraham. Then Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to Padan Aram, to Laban, son of Bethuel the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, the mother of Jacob and Esau. Now Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Padan Aram to take to himself a wife from there, and that when he blessed him, he charged him, saying, You shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. And that Jacob had obeyed his father and his mother and had gone to Padan Aram. So Esau saw that the daughters of Canaan displeased his father Isaac. And Esau went to Ishmael and married, besides the wives that he had, Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebaioth. Then Jacob departed from Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and spent the night there, because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of the place and put it under his head and lay down in that place. He had a dream, and behold, a ladder was set on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give it to you and to your descendants. Your descendants will also be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and in your descendants shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you, and will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. So Jacob rose early in the morning, and took the stone 
that he had put under his head, and set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on its top. He called the name of that place Bethel. However, previously the name of the city had been Luz. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me, and will keep me on this journey that I take, and will give me food to eat and garments to wear, and I return to my father's house in safety, then the Lord will be my God. This stone, which I have set up as a pillar, will be God's house, and of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Then Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the sons of the east. He looked and saw a well in the field, and behold, three flocks of sheep were lying there beside it, for from that well they watered the flocks. Now the stone on the mouth of the well was large. When all the flocks were gathered there, they would then roll the stone from the mouth of the well and water the sheep, and put the stone back in its place on the mouth of the well. Jacob said to them, My brothers, where are you from? And they said, We are from Haran. He said to them, Do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, We know him. And he said to them, Is it well with him? And they said, It is well. And here is Rachel, his daughter, coming with the sheep. And behold, it is still high day. It is not time for the livestock to be gathered. Water the sheep and go, pasture them. But they said, We cannot, until all the flocks are gathered. And they roll the stone from the mouth of the well, then we water the sheep. While he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. When Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob went up and rolled the stone from the mouth of the well and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted his voice and wept. Jacob told Rachel that he was a relative of her father and that he was Rebekah's son and she ran and told her father. So when Laban heard the news of Jacob, his sister's son, he ran to meet him, and embraced him, and kissed him, and brought him to his house. Then he related to Laban all these things. Laban said to him, Surely you are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with him a month. Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what shall your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. And Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful of form and face. Now Jacob loved Rachel. So he said, 
I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than to give her to another man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of his love for her. Then Jacob went to Laban and said, Give me my wife, for my time is completed, that I may go in to her. Laban gathered all the men of the place and made a feast. Now in the evening he took his daughter Leah and brought her to him, and Jacob went in to her. Laban also gave his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah as a maid. So it came about in the morning that, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, What is this that you have done to me? Was it not for Rachel that I served you? Why then have you deceived me? But Laban said, It is not the practice in our place to marry off the younger before the firstborn. Complete the week of this one, and we will give you the other also for the service which you shall serve with me for another seven years. Jacob did so and completed her week. And he gave him his daughter Rachel as his wife. Laban also gave his maid Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as her maid. So Jacob went in to Rachel also, and indeed he loved Rachel more than Leah. And he served with Laban for another seven years. Now the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, and he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Leah conceived and bore a son and named him Reuben. For she said, Because the Lord has seen my affliction, surely now my husband will love me. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. So she named him Simeon. She conceived again, and bore a son, and said, Now this time my husband will become attached to me, because I have borne him three sons. Therefore he was named Levi. And she conceived again and bore a son, and said, This time I will praise the Lord. Therefore she named him Judah. Then she stopped bearing. Now when Rachel saw that she bore no children for Jacob, she became jealous of her sister, and said to Jacob, Give me children, or else I die. Then Jacob's anger burned against Rachel, and he said, Am I in the place of God, who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? She said, Here is my maid Bilhah. Go into her, that she may bear on my knees, that through her I too may have children. So she gave him her maid Bilhah as a wife, and Jacob went into her. Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son 
Then Rachel said, God has vindicated me, and has indeed heard my voice, and has given me a son. Therefore she named him Dan. Rachel's maid Bilhah conceived again, and bore Jacob a second son. So Rachel said, With mighty wrestlings I have wrestled my sister, and I have indeed prevailed. So she named him Naphtali. Then Leah saw that she had stopped bearing, and she took her maid Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a son. Then Leah said, How fortunate! So she named him Gad. Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, Happy am I, for women will call me happy. So she named him Asher. Now in the days of wheat harvest, Reuben went and found mandrakes in the field, and brought them to his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, Please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But she said to her, Is it a small matter for you to take my husband? And would you take my son's mandrakes also? So Rachel said, Therefore he may lie with you tonight in return for your son's mandrakes. When Jacob came in from the field in the evening, then Leah went out to meet him and said, You must come in to me, for I have surely hired you with my son's mandrakes. So he lay with her that night. God gave heed to Leah, and she conceived, and bore Jacob a fifth son. Then Leah said, God has given me my wages, because I gave my maid to my husband. So she named him Issachar. Leah conceived again, and bore a sixth son to Jacob. Then Leah said, God has endowed me with a good gift. Now my husband will dwell with me, because I have borne him six sons. So she named him Zebulun. Afterward, she bore a daughter, and named her Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel, and God gave heed to her, and opened her womb. So she also conceived, and bore a son, and said, God has taken away my reproach. She named him Joseph, saying, May the Lord give me another son. Now it came about, when Rachel had borne Joseph, that Jacob said to Laban, Send me away, that I may go to my own place and to my own country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you, and let me depart, for you yourself know my service which I have rendered you. But Laban said to him, If now it pleases you, stay with me. I have divined that the Lord has blessed me on your account. He continued, Name me your wages, and I will give it. But he said to him, You yourself know how I have served you, 
and how your cattle have fared with me. For you had little before I came, and it has increased to a multitude, and the Lord has blessed you wherever I turned. But now, when shall I provide from my own household also? So he said, What shall I give you? And Jacob said, You shall not give me anything if you will do this one thing for me. I will again pasture and keep your flock. But let me pass through your entire flock today, removing from there every speckled and spotted sheep and every black one among the lambs and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and such shall be my wages. So my honesty will answer for me later when you come concerning my wages. Everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and black among the lambs, if found with me, will be considered stolen. Laban said, Good, let it be according to your word. So he removed on that day the striped and spotted male goats and all the speckled and spotted female goats, every one with white in it and all the black ones among the sheep, and gave them into the care of his sons. And he put a distance of three days' journey between himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. Then Jacob took fresh rods of poplar and almond and plane trees, and peeled white stripes in them, exposing the white which was in the rods. He set the rods, which he had peeled, in front of the flocks in the gutters, even in the watering troughs, where the flocks came in to drink. And they mated when they came to drink. So the flocks mated by the rods, and the flocks brought forth striped, speckled, and spotted. Jacob separated the lambs, and made the flocks face toward the striped and all the black in the flock of Laban. And he put his own herds apart, and did not put them with Laban's flock. Moreover, whenever the stronger of the flock were mating, Jacob would put the rods in the sight of the flock in the gutters, so that they might mate by the rods. So when the flock was feeble, he did not put them in. So the feebler were Laban's, and the stronger Jacob's. So the man became exceedingly prosperous, and had large flocks, and female and male servants, and camels, and donkeys. Alrighty, so going back to chapter 26, we see... A familiar scene, yet again, this is the third time we see something like it. Uh, but something to note here, this is Isaac this time. Abraham is no longer in the picture, as we know. But he goes and talks to Abimelech, the king. This is not, this can't be the same Abimelech. It's possible, but it's quite likely that it's not. Simply because, you know chronologically this was over 90 years after Abraham went to Abimelech and had his issues with him 
So it's likely that maybe Abimelech is a title, kind of like Pharaoh or king or emperor, things like that. So, um, but a very similar story. I guess he learned a trick or two from his father on calling his wife his sister because he did the exact same thing. <laughs> and, um, you know, but at the end of it, he was blessed nonetheless. And you just see Isaac just just flourish in in the sight of these men and get richer and richer. You see God get personally involved and uh, making the same promises that he made to Abraham, reminding him of the covenant and the promises that God intended to keep. So in person, God is demonstrating his faithfulness to Isaac. And what's nice to see is you don't see in Isaac any sort of arrogance. You don't see an air of pride or, well, I'm the chosen one of God. You don't see that in him. You see a humble man who understands his Lord properly. And why? How does? How do we know this? Because when he meets Rebecca, what is he doing? He's meditating in the field somewhere quiet and just pondering the glory of God. Are we doing that? We should be. That is something that will get you closer to God by just merely not only what we're doing here, but spending time with him in quiet and reverence and just silent awe of him. Something good to practice. So... We see also that they become threatened by him. They, they send him off because he's getting too big and too powerful, and they're threatened by him. And they start playing some games with him by um, filling up his wells with, with dirt, and they can't use them, and so there goes a little bit of a quarrel there. But then at the end, they, um, they make amends, and they reconcile, and end up making a pact with each other. So... Very nice to see. And then we see um, Esau beginning yet another thing of why God does not like Esau. Because, you know, I'm sure he was told before this, but just like Isaac told Jacob, they should marry within their own family. This was to be obedient to heritage, staying in with Abraham's family instead of going out to the foreigners. But Esau married Hittites and uh, brought a lot of grief to the parents. So, you know, some people have some pretty rowdy in-laws, I guess. Those are the rowdy in-laws of their time. So, but then you see this story, which is very popular among kids, especially about this uh, blessing being stolen from Esau. But why did not only God go along with it, but why did Rebecca encourage this? Well, I mean, remember when she was pregnant with them, she was given a prophecy from the Lord that the younger was going to be the ruler of the older, 
that Jacob was going to be the heir. She remembered that. And she knew that this was the time. This was the time to make something happen on this prophecy. So, yes. Was it tricky? Yes, it was. No doubt. Um, but God still used it for his glory, and uh, Jacob was blessed. Now, I guess because uh, the blessings come from God, I, I, I personally thought it was strange that um, Isaac did not have a backup blessing for Esau. Like, oh, I'm fresh out of blessings, so let me give you something that cements what it's supposed to be. But again, when the Bible does these blessings and curses, these are from the Holy Spirit. This is divine. It's not just something that Isaac is saying here. It's everything that he blessed Jacob with and he blessed Esau with happened exactly as it said it would. So this was something inspired by God here. But, well, what do you know? We see a name pop up again that I told you we would see. Laban. Go to my brother Laban. Run away from your brother until he forgets what you did to him. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny because, you know, siblings are... Time seems to heal a lot of wounds. And then you see Rebecca saying, I am just tired of living with these daughters of Heth. They are nothing but Heth in my life. Sorry, really bad pun. But anyway, so we see Jacob go back to Padan Aram, which is Mesopotamia, back to where Abraham came from. And, you know, he has a dream in Bethel of a ladder going up to heaven, angels coming up and down. Now, he didn't really quite understand what was going on here because he thought that God dwelled in that one place. And he's like, wow, I didn't know God was here. How awesome. So this must be where the gate of heaven is. So let me set up an altar here. That, so, but he didn't get the omnipresence aspect of God just yet. And then I don't really like the vow that he made either, personally. He's just like, if God does all these things to me, then I will make the Lord my God. Like, God has to prove himself and has to give you things before you believe in him. I don't quite agree with that. Um... But that's where his mindset was, still very spiritually immature, which we all have been or are there right now, to where everything we get is God's grace. Everything is a blessing. You don't have to demand anything from God, because God already knows what you need before you ask. So we should just be gracious and content with the things that we have and not demand things from him. And... What is, again, the, the whole tithe concept, I will surely give a tenth to you, is going strong here. So then you go to chapter 29, and we meet Laban again, several, several years later. And meets Rachel. Jacob loves Rachel. And he got duped. 
he was uh, going to work for his uncle for seven years to buy Rachel. And this was a form of not only, um, you know, a way to prove himself that he is worthy of her, but something that is common in this time period, as well as later on in the Bible, was a dowry. Something you had to basically pay the father of the bride a certain amount of money as a demonstration of your wealth. Well, we see that Jacob ran away from home with basically nothing. So he had nothing to give except his service. So he, as his dowry, he spent seven years paying for Rachel. You see all that from um, when the servant of Isaac went to go get Rebekah, that he brought all sorts of jewels and all sorts of gold and silver articles and things like that. It was a hefty dowry. They actually had the money, the resources to do it. But um, in the case of Jacob, he didn't have that, so he used time as the way to pay it off. And the, uh, the concept of uh, enter the tent, play a game of touch and feel, and not know who it is you're in bed with is an interesting concept, but nonetheless, Laban tricked Jacob, and he tried to cover his tracks with, oh no, the custom around here is you marry off the firstborn first. And then, so he had to serve another seven years for Rachel, but he was, she was the love of his life, and he gladly did it. But you feel really bad for Leah at the same time here. She was unloved. She was the sloppy seconds, if you will. She was the wife that he didn't want. And that's really sad, you know. And I love how the Lord comforts her, not only because in, in bearing children. and in, in today's day and age, some of this seems kind of strange as to why, you know, because I bore him a son, they'll love me. Well, back then, women were not treated the way they are now. And the women were valued mostly by their ability to bear children. If you couldn't bear kids, you were kind of worthless as a woman, unfortunately. So if you were a woman capable of having multiple children, then you were a very highly successful woman fulfilling your godly role. And so in this case, Leah certainly did that. And as you see in chapter 30, you see a, a, bitter, a bitter rivalry between Leah and Rachel getting angry with each other, throwing their maids into the mix now, and Jacob is living a life of polygamy, which, to be clear, the Bible hasn't really addressed it yet, but it is implied, and it will be spoken much more clearly later, that polygamy is not okay. It is not okay to take more than one wife. It wasn't Adam and Eve and Evelyn. You know, there weren't other women in the in the Garden of Eden. Um, it was meant to be a man and a woman. They joined together and become one flesh. That was never deviated from. That was an invention of man here. In their legal system, if a wife could not bear children, you have a maid 
that you give them as the substitute wife, so to speak, when it comes to childbearing. But in God's economy, that is polygamy and that's not acceptable. But God allowed it in this case, and while it is still sin, we see, especially in the life of Jacob coming, I mean, not Jacob, I'm sorry, Joseph, that God uses evil or sinful intentions for his good. So while this is not a holy practice they were doing, um, nonetheless, God blessed them through the process, which, again, he does not treat us like our sins deserve. And so he did not hold this sin against them. Um, and then you see Jacob kind of, I don't know if you want to call it a, an act of revenge, but um, he did a practice of selective breeding to um, make uh, himself good, uh, good when it came to flocks and kind of leave Laban with the short end of the stick. You want to call it poetic justice. There it is, but... Um, as always, Jacob has earned his name, supplanter, trickster. He's the Loki of the Bible, so to speak. So, um, <laughs> he certainly has earned that title. But, next time, we'll be going through um, the separation of Jacob from Laban, how that goes down, and then you see the interesting story of when Esau and Jacob reconcile and seemingly out of nowhere Jacob begins wrestling with God quite literally so it's an interesting story and then we see Jacob um, getting closer to the uh, to his older years before Joseph becomes center stage. So we still have a little bit more left of Jacob and Esau uh, left in us, but by uh, two days from now, we will have completely moved on to the final phase of Genesis, which is the story of Joseph. So, thank you for joining me. I'm Ryan. Have a blessed day. We'll see you next time. Until then, take care.